Hi there, I'm Travis, and this is the Why Is That podcast. I'm excited to begin our show with a discussion about the names we have given our months. Yes, including September. Perhaps I am in the minority here, but I've always been fascinated by the origins of the names of our months. Months are a unit of time that we, you know, we use daily, and yet I would be willing to bet that most of us don't really have a, a real good idea about why April is called April, or February is called February. It truly makes for 12 really great, interesting stories. A good place to begin the stories be in the year 8 BCE, before the Common Era. In that year, Augustus Caesar and the Roman Senate passed a calendar reform. Today, this calendar is known as the Julian calendar, and by and large, it is the kind of the same calendar we use uh, over 2,000 years later. And it contains all the names of the months that we use, though all but two of them had been set long before kind of that current lifespan of people who were alive at the time. As such, we can thank the Romans for our month's names. Though the Romans had, you know, inclusive counting, they did not really have weeks as we have them. And there was a further reform by Pope Gregory. But we're going to stay away from those complicated pieces today and instead just focus on the names of the months. So the first one that we're going to discuss, the first of the year, and uh, the first in our hearts. That's right, January. Actually, if I'm being honest, I like May the best out of all the months. You know, it's the month that I was born. Plus, you know, I like warm weather. Uh, so I guess the question would be, what's your favorite month? All right, let's move past that. So the most common explanation for how January got its name is that it was named after the Roman deity Janus. That is the official word from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Janus was the god of uh, beginnings, gates, transitions, time, duality, doorways, passages, and endings. So it certainly makes sense that the name to start the new year be named after the god of beginnings and doors. Plus the name similarities, Janus, January. At the very least, the month is named after the Latin word for door, Janua. The most conventional explanation being that as January is the first month, it is the door to the new year. We will find as we explore all of our months, for the most part, the months were either kind of named after a deity or kind of festivals that took place during that month. For January, that festivity is the Ignomium of January. The Ignomium of January was kind of the first sacred rite of the year for the Romans and included sacrificing a ram to the god Janus. Typically, it took place somewhere around the 9th of January. The one thing that makes us question Janus being the namesake of the month is that in the early days of Rome, during the reign of Romulus, the months of January and February did not exist. The original Roman calendar started in March and only consisted of 10 months. The Romulus calendar was approximately 304 days, and between the months of December and March, there was a long, you know, approximately 60-day period that was a monthless winter period. The thought seems to be that nothing really good or exciting happens during winter, so I even name the names of the months. Romulus's successor king, Numa Pompilius, who is considered, you know, a semi-mythical figure, decided to break the monthless period into two parts and named them January and February. However, it is unknown if Numa also made these two months the first months of the year or left them at the end. If King Numa left these months at the end of the year, logic would dictate that it would not make sense to have the second to the last month of the year 
be named after the god of beginnings. However, I did also mention that Janus was the god of transitions. The formerly nameless period of winter was thought of as a transition period from one year to the next. So regardless of whether the meaning was transitions or beginnings, January was named after the great Roman deity Janus. As a fun fact, Janus was typically depicted as having two heads, one facing forward and the other back, indicating that he looked both at the past and the future. Uh, perhaps that is why January always seems to take on such a pensive mood for all of us. Uh, we will discuss January's transition to the beginning of the year a little later in the episode. For now, let's move on to February. February comes from either the Latin word februa, which means to cleanse, or from the Latin term februm, which means purification. During the time of the Roman kingdom, before the month of February was a thing, the Romans celebrated the festival of februa during the second full moon of the monthless winter period. When Numa decided to name the monthless period, he chose to name the second month February in honor of the festival, and it eventually grew to be celebrated on February 15th, or the Ides of February. The festival included washing and purification rituals with the goal of banishing the evil spirits to create an atmosphere great for fertility, both in body and the soil for the coming agricultural season. That means that even the ancient Romans, you know, had spring cleaning. Eventually, the festival of Februa was replaced by the Lupercalia festival, but the month's name stuck. The Lupercalia festival was fun because rich nobles would strip down naked and run through the city. During the naked runs, women would come out to watch and wait to be struck by flayed skin from the animal sacrifices. Being struck by the flayed skin, known as a Februa, was believed to help the pregnant deliver their children and turn the barren fertile. In the end, the goal of the festival, like I said before, was to avert evil spirits, purify the city, and then release health and fertility throughout the land. For those of you who are fans of Julius Caesar, the Lupercalia festival was the festival where Mark Antony presented a diadem to Julius Caesar. The gathered crowd, of course, booed the diadem as a symbol of the hated monarchy. Caesar famously refused the diadem as a show that he had no intention of making himself king. But of course, exactly one month later, for fear that he was making himself king, Caesar was assassinated by the Senate. Speaking of one month later, March. The month of March was named after the Roman deity Mars. You probably recognize the name Mars as the god of war. Uh, however, uh, he was also regarded as the guardian of agriculture. In the Northern Hemisphere, where Italy and by extension Rome is located, March is the first month of spring, and so it was also the month where agricultural activities started. In the ancient world, it was an accepted practice to retire from the battlefield during the winter months, so March was the month that battle would also resume. So both parts of Mars's domain, agriculture and war, began in the month of Mars. As I mentioned earlier, March was the first month of the year during the reign of Romulus. March 1st became even more important to the Romans when, in 509 BCE, the Roman monarchy was officially abolished and Publius Publicola founded the Roman Republic and celebrated the first Roman military triumph in history. While January eventually became the first month in Rome, the practice of March as the first of the year remained in certain portions of the world. The British Empire, for instance, continued using March 25th as the first day of the year until the year 1752. If any of my British listeners or international businessmen are wondering why the United Kingdom has their fiscal year start on April 6th each year 
is because April 6th in our Gregorian calendar is exactly equivalent to March 25th on the former Julian calendar. And then there's a little piece of how the Julian calendar and March as the beginning of the year still live on in our world today. If any of you out there are struggling with your New Year's resolutions this year, or just wish you would have made some, this Thursday is March 1st. You could restart, and then when people ask why, you could say, when in Rome. Okay, let us continue our march through the months. The month of April was named for the Latin word aperio, which means to open. The meaning behind open would be similar to a plant or tree's opening or growing buds. It conjures the image of spring as the earth comes back to life after the long winter. There is one alternative explanation for the name of the month. As can be seen by the months January and March, the Romans liked to name their months after deities. It is thought that the month of April may have been named after the goddess Venus. Now I know what you're thinking. Venus and April do not really sound alike. However, the month of April held the holy festival of Venus, and as you are likely aware, a large portion of the Roman pantheon of deities came from or were influenced by Greece. The Greek goddess Aphrodite is the equivalent to Venus. In this scenario, the month would have been known as Aprilis and named for Aphrodite, and by extension, named for Venus. The other option is that the Etruscan name for Venus was Apru. As the Etruscans were a main rival in Italy of the Romans, it is possible that the names Apru and Venus were used interchangeably by the early Italians. Apru, April, that seems to work. So I would think that it either comes from the Etruscan name for Venus or from Aperio to open. For me, I like the traditional explanation of the month meaning to open. The month of May has two explanations. The first is that it was named after the Roman goddess Maya. Uh, this is supported obviously through the name similarity, but also as the ancient festivals in the month of May all have a connection with Maya. The second explanation is that it was named after the Latin word maiores, which meant elders, in the way that it was thought that the month was named as a way to honor the elders of Rome. If you have ever studied political history of the Roman Republic, you probably have heard the term most maiorum. This meant way of the elders and made up the unwritten rules of the political order. This would be the same root word. The reason that we sometimes have multiple explanations for the months is that the Romans themselves sometimes disagreed with how the months were named. This particularly happened because a vast majority of primary sources disappeared in the year 387 BCE when the Gauls sacked the city of Rome. Piecing together anything that happened prior to that year is incredibly difficult, and even for the Romans, most of that early history was known more in myths and legends rather than facts. For the Roman months and many of their festivals, our main source today is the poet Ovid, Ovid was a contemporary of the first Roman emperor, Augustus Caesar, who we mentioned earlier. During Ovid's life, he had many works, but the one that concerns us was named Fasti, which means the festivals. This particular work either went unfinished or the second half has been lost to history. The parts that we have consist of six books, each named after the first six months of the year. In the six books, Ovid provides information for the names of the months and the various religious festivals celebrated during those months. Part of our confusion for the origins of the names of the months comes from the sack of Rome that I mentioned, and the other comes from the fact that our only real source 
comes from Ovid, and he was writing about festivals and rituals that were sometimes 700 years old by his lifetime. Just think of the difficulties we have with trying to figure out what happened in the year 1300, and you have an idea of what Ovid was going through. The reason I bring this up now is that we have reached the final month that Ovid covered, the month of June. However, in an attempt to make the last certainly not the least, Ovid posits three different theories for how the first month of the summer got its name. The first explanation was that it was named after the Roman goddess Juno. Juno was, of course, the wife of the all-important father deity Jupiter, and with Juno's blessing, the second half of the month does kick off wedding season. The second reason actually harkens back to the name of the month of May. The Latin word juniors means younger ones, like we would say junior. So May could have been the elders month, and then June belonged to the youth of the nation. I can say when I was a youth and school was released for the summer in the month of June, it certainly felt like our month. However, the root of the word that meant young could have also been the same one that created the name Juno, so this could be one of those cases when the explanation is both. The third explanation, and the one that seems least likely to scholars, was that June comes from the word jungo, which means to join, and that it honored the unifications of the Romans and the Sabines during the reign of Romulus. Those two tribes became the first generation of Romans, so the month was named in honor of that friendship. With that a recount of the month of June, Ovid passes from our episode. Thank you, old friend. Our next month, unlike the first six, has a relatively recent etymology. In the year 44 BCE, the seventh month of the Roman calendar, Quintilis, was renamed July in honor of Julius Caesar. There is probably no more famous Roman than Julius Caesar, and his good friend Mark Antony helped the Senate realize Caesar's importance the year after he died and forced them to rename Caesar's birth month after the man. Similar to the month of July, August was named after Caesar, in this case, Augustus Caesar. Now, technically speaking, Augustus was actually really more of a title. It meant the illustrious one. But over the final 41 years of his life, Octavian used the title practically as a name. Augustus was born in the month of January, though, so unlike July, the Senate did not choose his birth month as the month to rename. Instead, the month of Sextilis was chosen to be renamed. The eighth month of the year saw the most important events of Augustus's rise to power, and in the year 8 BCE, the Senate chose to honor their first citizen and those events with a new name for the month. Somewhat appropriately, the man the month was named after would eventually die in the month that bore his name on the 19th of August in the year 14. Our final four months all share a similar story. From a numerical perspective, as I stated in the introductory episode, septum means seven, octo means eight, novum means nine, and decum means 10. As these are actually the months 9 through 12, you may wonder how that happened. There is a somewhat common belief that Julius and Augustus just jammed their months into the middle of everything, and that is how the number scheme got all messed up. But I just explained that Quintilis, which means 5, was renamed July, and Sextilis, which means 6, was renamed August. So that's not the reason. Earlier I explained that the Roman calendar was originally only 10 months and used to begin with the month March. When January and February were moved to the beginning of the year, they bumped all the months down by two. 
The traditional names, though, were so entrenched that the Romans decided just to keep them. That is how September became the ninth month, October the 10th, November the 11th, and December became the 12th. Certain emperors attempted to follow in the footsteps of Julius and Augustus and try to name months after themselves or their family members, but obviously those names never stuck. Before we end the episode, as I mentioned earlier, there is some debate for when January and February became the first two months of the year. There are mainly three different time periods that would explain the change. The second king of Rome, Numa Pompilius, was the one who created the months of January and February. The famous Greek philosopher Plutarch, who lived in the first century CE, stated that King Numa not only created the months of January and February, but also placed them as the first two months of the year. This would make sense as King Numa was the man credited with almost all religious reforms of the Roman kingdom. It would make sense that if he were to create a month named after Janus, the god of beginnings, that he would have placed it as the first month of the year. Plus, King Numa wanted to make the Romans more religious and less warlike, so it could have made sense that he wanted to move the month belonging to the war god out of the eminent starting position. The second theory comes from our poet friend Ovid. In the Fasti, he credits King Numa as creating the months of January and February, but states that he placed January as the first month and February as the last month. He then explains that the Decemviri, who ruled during the Roman Republic from 451 to 449 BCE, moved February after January, though he does not provide a reason for why. The third and final theory states that January and February were the last two months of the year until the year 153 BCE. The Lusitanian War was fought by the Romans from 155 to 139. In the year 154, disaster struck the Romans as both consuls and their accompanying armies were destroyed. The consuls were the military and political leaders of Rome, similar in style to a modern-day president or prime minister, but even more hands-on. The Senate realized that they could not wait until the traditional March 15th date to elect a new consul and raise a new army, so they changed course. They elected two new consuls and had them take office two and a half months early on January 1st, 153. From that point forward, the consuls took office every year on January 1st, and in this theory, it is at that point that January 1st became the first day of each new year. So that explains all the months and their order. Before I leave you, I did want to touch on my sources for this week's episode. As I mentioned, I used Ovid's poem Fasti, or The Festivals, and Plutarch's Parallel Lives. For my access to Plutarch, I want to thank the Perseus Digital Library from Tufts University. For Ovid, I found the translation on www.theoi.com. I further used the Old Farmer's Almanac website and the Encyclopedia Britannica. For background information, I listened to the History of Rome podcast by Mike Duncan. All right, that does it for our first episode of the Why Is That podcast. This episode will likely be on the longer side for most episodes, but we'll reevaluate that as kind of we see what people are interested in. I will be back in two weeks for a special episode about St. Patrick's Day. You will not want to miss that episode, so make sure you subscribe using your preferred method, whether that be Acast, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or any of the other programs. You can join the Why Is That podcast group on Facebook or follow on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to the Why Is That podcast. Cheers.